welcome back to Top Bins with Twins. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, man. We're um, in the thick of it with FPL and Premier League right on the horizon. So it's it's an exciting time to be a soccer fan in general, really. Yeah, man, we're in the trenches here. We are fighting it out, trying to find our way through. But right now, it's looking pretty pretty bleak. <laughs> like you are, dude, you need to calm down this. You're way in your head with FPL. You just need to relax and let the process just work itself out because you've sent me probably a million teams in the last week and no the last couple sometimes, days sometimes sometimes, days, sometimes yeah. you get a bit obsessive over things no, no 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 i would never do that never do that all right we're gonna bring marina on the pod sometime <laughs> in the next couple of weeks and she's gonna do a five minute segment on how you get obsessive over things just to prove my point did this turn into a psych psychological analysis podcast while it, i was gone it's about both of us man i think this is about fpl so let's talk about fpl <laughs> the point is you're gonna figure it out and you're gonna be fine right and i think i've gotten a lot more clarity over the past 24 hours or so yesterday i was really in my head about what team to pick what I know. what formation what premium setup if i want premiums Everything is just, it, it was a lot that my brain was trying to process. And I think I've narrowed it down a lot more. Um, but during this podcast, what we're going to try to do is offer you all some team structure advice and also look at some premium setups for FPL that could be very beneficial and some honestly just kind of some food for thought while you're making your final drafts before the deadline on Friday. Yeah, exactly. Um, we want to give everybody out there the tools to have the best FPL season they possibly can. And as people that have gone through one, veterans of one one whole season, we're here to help you out and kind of weave your way through all the all the garbage, all the trash out there that you see, and kind of get straight to the point of some ideas for you and things to just kind of help make your FPL season flow the best way it can because it's a, it's a marathon, guys, not a sprint. So just oh, it just is. stay with it. It is a long marathon, that's for certain. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to kind of have two segments of this pod where we're going to, first we're going to talk about kind of some premium options, four different drafts we both built that are options for everybody out there, and then we'll come back in the second segment and we're going to kind of just talk Premier League in general and kind of top six six clubs that where they're going to finish, what we think is going to happen, and then we'll also discuss... um, basically the three best assets who we think are going to be the highest scorers from each asset class of defender midfielder and also forwards too which is going to be very difficult to do i mean the variance of what can happen throughout the course of a season is extremely high so please take this with a grain of salt but there are the predictions off the cuff predictions you know based on some statistical analysis we've done as well independently So we will be right back after a little break and dive right into some premium setups that could be excellent for you all to think about. All right. We'll see you soon. What? You chicken out now? I chickened out. (laughs) So Luke wanted to open the segment with him just saying, yeet, and he was scared to say it. I chickened out. Sorry. He's a little chicken shit. It's fine. Wow. Wow. Just intro the segment, please. He has whatever. Okay, so, um, guys, we're going to dive into four different teams. So we both built four different teams, so there's going to be eight teams total that we're kind of going to throw at you. There's a lot of names, a lot of stuff, but we'll also post them on our socials too so people can see them whenever you're looking at this stuff so it makes it a little bit easier for everybody out there. Um, But so we'll just dive right into it. So let me see, Luke. My first team... Which the, which team setup do we want to do first? Um, let's do Holland Kane. Perfect. Sounds good. Okay, so basically, there's four different drafts with four different premium options. For and people. just for an overview, we did Holland Kane, we did Holland Salah, we did Kane and Salah, and then we did Holland and Trent. So those are the four premium setups. We did not do a premium with three major Holland, Kane, and Salah because you're just giving up too much in our opinion there. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did throw out a draft on our Twitter if you want to go check it out later. It is within our tweets. Um, You might have to scroll down a little bit, but it is there if you want to go check it out. Um, All right, guys. Paul, you want to dive into your team? Let's do it. I'll just dive into my first one, the Holland, Kane draft. 
So for this one, I have Holland and Kane up top with Ja Pedro, which is kind of a question mark at this point. We're not sure how he's going to do, but he se- for the 5.5 million option, he seems like he's going to be an enabler to make us build drafts with all these premiums, and he's going to be possibly he has a high upside. If he gets the minutes to play with Brighton, it seems like he's going to be a big part of their attack. And he was on pins too and some friendlies. So like he seems like a good option. And then we have also another Brighton player, Matoma, Madison, and then this is going to be a shocker for everybody out there. I actually included Sterling in this draft. That is pretty surprising. You want to explain why? Yeah, I just think that Sterling, like, I think Chelsea's going to be attacking this year, and I think Sterling is going to be a large part of that, especially with Nkuku out now. And they may not score. I think Nkuku was going to be a huge part of their team. But without him, Sterling's going to have to step up. And he, he's shown us in previous years that he can be a very viable FPL asset. It just hasn't happened at Chelsea yet. So. I think there's a chance. Paul, do you think that Jackson could be a better option if you're looking at the Chelsea attack? You um, possibly. You could you could drop Sterling and bring in Jackson for Pedro and then bring in somebody else. Yeah, lower Jackson price has looked great in the preseason. Um, I know there were rumors of Vlahovic possibly coming over from Juventus to mm-hmm. Chelsea, Yeah, but that hasn't happened yet. So Jackson seems to be their one striker option, at least the really viable one. Um, and it's a possibility. You know, someone to think about, you know, but Sterling is very interesting. Um, he's one of those players that has a really low ceiling, but also a really high, oh, really low floor, but also a really high ceiling. You just don't know what you're going to get from him. Yeah, I think it's it's he's kind of in the same category. I think you could also skew towards Bowen here also because he's kind of in the same category where like we don't know what West Ham's going to be this year. We don't know what Chelsea's going to be. And it kind of just depends on team performance. Like, if Chelsea gets hot, I think Sterling's going to be a part of, part of it. If West Ham gets hot, I think Bowen is going to be for sure a large part of that. And he's on he pins, too. Right. So Bowen may be another option, too, here that would work and also. And someone else that I would throw out for that $7 million bracket is Trissard could be a really good asset. Um, he has more question marks around he does as playing time right. as an asset than these other two but that we I mentioned. I think his, if he's on the pitch, I feel a lot better about Trissard than I do about Sterling. Because I think Trissard's yeah, goal contribution. I mean, look at the community shield. Yeah, like he he's performed really well in the Arsenal kit. So, someone to think about as well. But Sterling, I I like the way this midfield has has set up. The only thing that I really don't like is picking Matoma over Marsh. I mean, we fundamentally disagree. We'll agree, disagree yeah. with that for the rest of our lives. And it's fine. The basis of what I'm putting that on at this moment in time is just the difference in percent selected. Right, Matoma is currently at thirty-seven percent or so ownership, I believe, and Marsh is at around two and a half percent. Yeah, and if both are locked, both have very equal stats. I feel like that differential potential there is immense with Marsh. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but I also just prefer Matoma as a player over Marsh. So yeah, that's great. Do you want to rip through those defenders? Yeah, so I also just saw everybody out there. I also had Saka and then Eze too, which I think Eze and Saka both are going to kill it this year. So I have Estupian in the back line, Ben White, Cash, Bell, and Basham on my back in the back five. And then also I have Onana and Slonina. And Slonina is just there until Matt Turner becomes an Arsenal player. So I can have makes sense until Hopefully, he becomes a force player. I so the transfer was confirmed this morning. It should hit sometime so today it should or tomorrow, hit maybe. Before the FPL deadline goes into effect. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah, Matt Turner is gonna be a great enabler for a lot of teams. Yeah, everyone be be sure to get Matt Turner in at that four mi- four million price mark. That is someone that you're gonna want to have in your teams. He's gonna yeah. enable a lot. And like the way force play, and especially if they're gonna want to play this year, they got Matt Turner because they know they need a shot stopper back there. And talk about a way to rock up, rack up bonus points. He's going to be, I think he could be an FBL giant at, he at could, that price point. I think um, with someone really big up top in Iwoni, the Nottingham Force striker, I think he could, you know, see some bonus points as well from his distribution out of the back. Possibly. Although he's not quite known for that. So um, just, he has gotten a lot better. So we never know. Well, that's a good team, Paul. I really like that. Um, the Holland and Kane matchup is something that's very enticing to me um, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, shall I go through my team? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Um, okay, so for my team, I have Kane and Holland up top. I would be set up in a 2-5, oh, 3-5-2. Um, sorry, building from the front there instead of the back. Um, so I'd be set up in a 3-5-2. Um, in this draft, I'll just I'll start from the back and work my way forward. 
I would have. Um, We're going to argue about this, just so you know. <laughs> I would have Matt Turner as my keeper, right? Um, and then for my defenders, I would be starting. It would be Yudogi with Spurs. It would be Chilwell and Estupanon. In the midfield, I would have Mason Mount, who I think is an excellent option with how forward he's been playing. He's been playing a little farther forward. If you look at his heat maps and his positioning, he's been playing higher than Bruno. That is a huge asset to me. And I just, overall, I just want him to be in those positions. And if he's in those positions, I am I think he's an incredible differential over um, everyone else. And you save so much by having him. Secondly, the one that's the real question mark of this team is Diogo Jota. Is it the real question mark, though? It's a big question mark. It definitely is. Someone that I, I would easily be able to, you know, transfer out for someone maybe perhaps a little bit more reliable. But I want to have a Liverpool asset. And with him being starting three out of their four um, preseason friendlies, I think Jota has performed really well for Liverpool. And I think hopefully he's locked in on the starting 11. If he's locked, I feel amazing about this pick, but I don't know for a fact that he's locked because of the way clock rotates. I don't know. I don't. Um, so it's going to come down to if I can stomach having Jota in, if I feel positive enough about him starting. So we'll see where that goes. Um, Paul, I'll get through my midfield and then we'll come back. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm shaking over here. I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to just count. After Jota, I have Phil Foden. I think he looked incredible when he was playing in the community shield. The way he carries the ball, playing in the mid, middle of the pitch. He can also play on the wings as well, but I don't know what Pep really wants from him at this point. There there are question marks there, but I, same as Jota. If he's on the pitch, I feel like Foden is an incredible asset to have this season, as long as he doesn't pick up any knocks or injuries as well. Um, and then for my fourth midfield spot, I have Sully Marsh. Got to represent Represent the team name too. My FPL team name this season is Ides of March. Um, it's a good name. It's a good name. Shout out my guy there. Um, and then I have, of course, Saka in the fifth midfield spot. Um, so Paul is looking like he's chomping at the bit over there. So I'm going to pass it over to you. And let's see what you think about my midfield. So I fundamentally disagree with four of your five midfielders. <laughs> okay. Like four or five. I think every single one of them besides Marsh. Marsh is going to start. He's going to be involved, all this stuff. We know that. I mean, the other three, Mount, I mean, yeah, he started for United in the preseason, all this stuff. But, like, there's there's a lot of question marks there, right? There's a lot of question marks about United's attack, about where Mount's going to play, the things he's going to do. We don't know it's going to be – he's not like a set-in-stone product where we know we're going to get results from. So there's a question mark there. Jada, Liverpool's attack is kind of looking like cities now. There's going to be a lot of rotation, a lot of stuff going on, question mark. Foden's the same exact thing. So, I mean, I also see a situation where do you think um, – what is this? Um, you, the Tottenham defender, Udade? Udogi. Udogi. Do you think he's going to be a locked-in starter? I do. I do think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's also – possibly a question mark around him we're not sure if he's going to start so look i see there's literally a week stuff could happen where you could have four people not starting in this team yeah so here conversely there's a lot more practical version of this team where i could drop jata and foden down to two 6.5 mids right that would save me um 2.5 right i could upgrade marsh to I could upgrade him to Rashford if I wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Or I could upgrade, more importantly, I'd probably upgrade Mount to Rashford and then have three 6.5 mids. And that allows okay. me to keep Kane and Holland in the team, mm-hmm. which is what most excites me about this team. Yeah, so logistically, I don't think it matters too much exactly where you could go. But my main point is, is that, especially for you and other people, like when we start this FPL season, I think it's good to start with people that we know are going to be getting game minutes and they're going to be involved in the attack. Yeah. And there's just a lot. I, I think like players with question marks in the beginning, maybe just put them on a watch list and keep an eye on them and then go from there. But it's also your game. You can play how you want. Just just my thoughts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think that's a good recommendation, especially for our listeners out there. Um, and perhaps more importantly for me, too. Um, it's always good to kind yeah. of rein it in. 
make sure you're thinking in a very practical, logical way. And um, you know I love differentials. You know I'm, I'm all about the differentials. King but of like the differentials over early here. Early in the year, last year, I got burned because I was like, oh, I'm going to do this against the mainstream, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And like, I think sometimes it's good just to be practical to start off the year. So you start out, so you have a good baseline where later in the year, if you're in top 100K and you're like, I really want to push for top 50K, right? then right. you can then go to differentials. But for now, it's like, let's kind of play it somewhat steady you know yeah no that that's very good advice for everyone out there um to kind of close the point on this draft i really do love kane and holland together though yeah. i think you know the over the course of last season collectively these two players had 535 points which is the most out of any combination of two players possible so having them in your team is basically bringing in automatic points on a weekly basis yeah, absolutely. Now that and we kind of know that Kane too is probably going to stick around, like right. And I mean, you're paying twenty six point five million pounds to get them in your team. That is a hefty cost, right there, right? So you have to be creative with how you build a team around them. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it's. I think it's a great team setup, frankly. Um, yeah. So before I dive too deeply into it, how about we go look at another premium setup? Um, do you want to go first with which one are you thinking next, Paul? Um, let's just do Holland solo. Perfect. I mean, I think good. that's probably that's a different that's a premium draft that a lot of people are probably going to be enticed by because we know what the king of Egypt is like in the, in FPL. All right, so the team that I had set up for this is it's going to be Holland up top with Isak and also Ja Pedro, which there's going to be a theme of him through a lot of my teams because I think he's a really good option. And then we have Eze in the midfield, Madison, which I think for a lot of people out there, we haven't really discussed this on the pod, but with Kane staying at Tottenham, they're going to score a lot more goals than if he wasn't there. And I think Madison is a good way to enable that. Madison or Son, because Son's at 9 and Madison's at 7.5. But Madison is a great way to be involved with that because he's going <laughs> to with imagine him with Kane, with Kane, Son, and Kuliseski most likely starting, I guess he's going to absolutely just be able to ball out and do what he wants. And he's just going to have attacking. He's going to have rain to do whatever he wants in the attacking third. And it, I, it's, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. And he's also excuse me, going to be on set pieces as well, right? Yeah, he should be. I mean, his, with his delivery, he should be. And then so that, that's I think that's a really sneaky way into Tottenham's attack without taking up the price that Harry Kane does. And then we have Sala, which honestly kind of I don't think really needs explanation. He just produces year in, year out. And then we have Saka, who I think is a great option. Arsenal's going to score goals. He's on pins. Great option. And then Bowen, who I actually really like a lot. Like, he was really good in preseason. West Ham had some good preseason matches. They had some really bad preseason matches. So he may be, he's somebody that I'm on the borderline of putting him on a team or just putting him on a watch list. So whichever way you want to fall, there's other seven, 6.5 options that could possibly be there. I think the addition of James Ward-Prowse is going to be really good for Bowen Harry Maguire to kind of help. solidify West Ham a little bit, provide them structure that you know otherwise they wouldn't have in the midfield. So I, I think it could be really good for Bowen, seeing how they kind of bring some players in at the very end, um, mm-hmm. right before the season starts. So keep an eye on that. But I, I love the way this midfield is set up. It's very feels very equal mm-hmm. while still having a heavy two you know really expensive premiums. Yeah, and I, I think the best part that I like about this midfield is that it seems like this midfield should consistently produce, but it also feels like there's weeks where this midfield could just bring in a massive haul for me. Yeah, depending I on how agree. It, falls. Like Between the, it seems like Bowen, there's, there's a pretty high baseline, but it also seems like there's a lot of upward mobility too. Well, four out of your five midfielders, with it Bo- being Bowen, Saka, Salah, and Eze, all of them are going to be the talismans of their teams this season. Yeah. And that is highly important. Eze will be on pins, Salab will be on pins, Sock will be on pins, and Bowen will as well. That's a big thing. So all of these are great ways to look at setting up a team. I think Paul has got a really a gem here out of mm-hmm. a team. I think that's um, a good one. And then in the back, just so you know, the, the three people I'll have in the back starting for me will be Estupian, Gabriel, and Cash. Yeah. Which I'm going back setup. and forth on, like – I could take 0.5 away from somebody else and move somewhere else in this team to where, like, Ben White looks so good in the community shield. 
that's really hard to not bring him in the team. But Gabriel also offers a goal advantage, like a XG chance, probably that Ben White doesn't. But I mean, if you look yeah. at it, Ben White mm-hmm. probably. Well, I think he could have. He, he should have had an assist. Ben White had more goal contributions than Gabriel did last season. Yeah, and yeah. that's why he's that extra point five more expensive because yeah. you do have him playing more progressively and are playing with Saka. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, and you also have those infrequent opportunities where he just passes to Saka and Saka cuts in on his left foot and just top bends it. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, that, it, it's he's a. Real, I think Ben White's really. He'll probably end up in. in been my White, final day team. He's one of those players where I feel like he's perfectly priced. Yeah. You know, because of his positioning. Yeah, understood. So, and then I also have Matt Turner on goal and also Pickford too, because I think that's going to be a good rotation. Like, kind of save an extra 0.5, keep goalkeepers low in price and have yeah. more flexibility mm-hmm. in the team. So, yeah. And it's I good like to have a rotation lot. of goalkeepers too. That's, I I think that's a great team, Paul. I really yeah. like that one a lot. That one. Let's, let's hear your team, Luke. All right, so we will start from the back. I have Turner and Areola. Areola's Areola. Um, shout out, Blake. <laughs> shout out, Blake. <laughs> um, and then just to note in the beginning, there is nothing left in the bank with this team. It is 100 million Yeah, that pounds. was the same way for my team. Just everybody knows. Right to the dot. So I have Yudogi from Tottenham. I have Chilwell, Stupanon. I have Matty Cash, and then Baldock from Sheffield. Um, and then in the midfield, it gets a lot more reliable and consistent, I think, here. So we've got Rashford, Salah, Martinelli, Sully Marsh, and Saka. I think this the one thing I might change with that midfield would be Martinelli, maybe going down to Madison, freeing up a little, 0.5, and also getting away into that Tottenham attack. Yeah. Um, makes sense. Up top, this is kind of where the team really struggles. There's <laughs> You're not wrong. Xiao <laughs> Pedro, Holland, and we, I don't, Ujo, Ujoy. Yeah. We'll, Sorry, we'll I, my apologies it. if I didn't pronounce that correctly. But he is the 4.5 million striker from Forrest. Um, so that's the team right there. I think the midfield is the strength of this team. Yes. Um and I really like the way it's set up, especially with being able to have a little more flexibility at the back. If I drop down to Madison, I could also get Pedro Porro or Gabriel in um, at that five million mark on the defense and really kind of solidify from the back as well. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a situation though, like where I think you need to maybe redistribute redistribute a little funds up top. So you, I mean, when you're starting two strikers, like you got to have somebody that. Yeah, and you know, one way to do that perhaps cut down Martinelli to Madison, change Rashford over to Bruno. That frees up one million right there. I could leave my mm-hmm. defense the same, but I really don't like any of the 6.5 million forwards either. So I would need to free up more cash than that. So it would, this one would be a work in progress, I think. That's yeah, work in progress, but, I mean, that midfield um, is stacked. Though. The you midfield are right. is really good. I don't even know if I would want to cut from that, except for Martinelli down to Madison. Yeah, um, well, that makes sense. But I like the I, midfield a lot. it's a good team, you know. Yeah, um, it's a good option out there. For for our listeners out there, for the Holland and Salah premium setup, last season their point total combined would have been 511 points, which is really solid, very very reliable mm-hmm. performance there. And you're going to be spending 26.5 um, million pounds in order to get them into your team. So um, essentially the exact same price point they're going to pay for uh, Holland and Kane together. So... Let's move on to our – how about we take a little break here, Paul? Um, we'll come back and then talk about the Salah Kane setup and then also the Holland and Trent setups. Okay. Yeah, works for me. All right. So we are checking back in with you here on the podcast. And, Luke, I have a question for you to start off this little segment. All right. Let's hear it. Messi or Ronaldo? <laughs> Messi. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, that's what any sane person would say. <laughs> he does everything more. That's We don't have to dive in the weeds. We're here for the banter. <laughs> Please call us out if you're a Ronaldo fan. Well, let, let's hear your reasons. Let's start a dialogue. <laughs> yeah, have you all seen the meme of the guy that sits at the table and puts up a, yeah. a card that just says, change my mind? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here for that. Change our minds. 
All right, Luke, let's um, dive into the two other premium options we have, and then um, we'll kind of discuss which one we think is the, our favorite option of the four we've suggested. Here we go. Yeet. <laughs> oh, oh, it's back. It's back. It's back. Okay, um, how about I just dive into my team? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we are going to be looking at the premium setup of Salah plus Harry Kane. So just from the very beginning, let's put it out there. Last season, their points total collectively was 502 points. Behind um, Holland and Kane, right? Uh, third. Behind Holland, Kane, and Holland, Salah. So they are really nine points behind, nine points behind Holland and Salah. So this combination is an excellent combination because it is cheaper. Mm. This premium setup, as opposed to the twenty six point five million pounds you're paying for the other two premium setups we just talked about, this one is twenty five million pounds. So yeah. you're saving one point five million. That can go a long way to improving your team. So my That's team good. that I drafted for the uh, um, Kane and Salah setup, I have Matt Turner, and I have Onana in goal. Um, and then Sorry, I was taking a drink of water, but Matty T. I Matty T. Do it. Yes, that is that's a good one. Um, I did just <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about something about my team. I'm going to change something that I drafted initially. So instead of I'm going to have Doherty from Wolves as my defender at 4.5 million, he is locked on to play from what I understand from everything I've seen. Maybe mm-hmm. now having a new coach coach might change that. Yeah. Um, Goodbye, Jose Saw. Yeah, that, that's a big old mess for Wolves to figure out. Yeah. But I'm still going to have Doherty in the team at 4.5, Chilwell at 5.5, Stupinon at 5, Cash at 4.5, and then Trusty at 4. Because I want to avoid those price drops. Baldock is around, I think, like 14% owned because he's locked in on playing, but. He's at 14% ownership, so if people jump mm-hmm. off that ship fast, then his price will drop. And this early on in the season, having a price drop like that can really affect how you're building your team. It's valid. In it's the valid midfield, player. we have Mason Mount. Shocker. <laughs> we have Salah. We have Phil Foden. Oh, my. Kai Havertz. Yeah. And oh Saka. So, Paul, let's just let's hear your thoughts. What do you think about that midfield setup? Um, I think we go back to the same thing. I see a lot of question marks. I mean, we, we saw Havertz. He started against um, – so we'll start with Havertz. I think he's a good option. I think there's going to be a lot of rotation with Arsenal. I think you're going to see a lot of different setups depending on who they play. And, like, so – I think one thing was very clear, though, that Arteta played him up front because he wants somebody that can control the focal point of that attack against a team like City. Like, I mean, there were a couple moments, too. I mean, Havertz, he had two really good chances that he kind of, like, just created from little moments. And he's going to be floating around, like like we talk about in this pod. He, he's like a little shadow. Like, he disappears and pops up and gets in dangerous spots, and he's a big body, and he's, he's like very an, technical. He's like an alley cat. Yeah, he's like an alley cat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect you to say that on this podcast. Well, what can I say? I'm full of unexpected comments. That's I fine. do agree, though. Havertz is someone, when I look at them, I see a lot of potential because yes. he's playing for Arsenal. If he's playing up top, he's going to get chances. Yeah. And I think the chances are going to be a lot easier and come a lot more frequently than when he was with, with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. So I see this is an amazing opportunity for Havertz to tear down that narrative that's kind of been built up around him over the past Which, year or two. So the thing is about that is I'm sure there were a ton of Chelsea fanboys that were happy on Twitter because Havertz had those two chances that were pretty clear-cut. Like, they weren't, like, tap-ins. They weren't easy misses. But, I mean, they kind of just got stopped, you know? Like, goalkeeper might good saves. He did a good job being in the right positioning. But that that's kind of, like, what a lot of people were saying while he was at Chelsea is that he doesn't finish stuff that he should. But I, I agree with you. I think against Arsenal, like, I think that's not going to – I think that's not going to be the case. My one counterpoint to that is if you look at who Havertz is playing with now, oh, he yeah. has no, easily, Sokka, yeah. Odegaard, Martinelli, Declan Rice playing Trissard. deeper, Trossard. 
all of these amazing facilitators and ball players mm-hmm. that I think he's going to be in a great position with Arsenal, especially if he's playing at the nine. I think he's going to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. And honestly, you're saving some pounds here. Right? Yeah. I mean, there was, there was that little moment against city where I think it was, was it Diash that was like on his back and he gets a ball played, I think from Ben white and he just takes it down right. and sends yeah. Diash the wrong way and then kind of plays it off. And like, like stuff like that. That's the reason why he's gonna, he's really there at Arsenal, and he's gonna mm-hmm. he's also gonna contribute a lot of goals and a lot of assists, in my opinion. Someone to keep an eye on, right? I feel like Mountain Havertz are two players who have made transfers to big clubs, and I think both of them could find a lot of joy at their new clubs. So yeah, players to keep their eye to keep yeah. your eye on at least. For sure, keep them on a watch list at the bare minimum. Um, okay, so my striker front, I have Harry Kane. Harry Kane. Harry, Harry Kane. <laughs> And then Xiao Pedro at mm-hmm. 5.5. And then Julian Alvarez at 6.5. It's a cheeky way in the city's attack with Foden. The thought process here is without having Holland in the team, I want to have two city attackers. You know, double the opportunity of getting that Holland assist, getting points from that. Um, and I think both of these players have immense upside this season as long as they're on the pitch. Yeah. So um, Question mark, question mark. But the best thing about this, right, hear me out. If I play a three back, I can easily fluctuate between a three four three or three five two. Um, so there's a lot of flexibility with this setup, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Having Salah and Kane it just goes to show how much having that extra one point five can do for your team design. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite team of yours that you've drafted from these. Yeah. From these three. <laughs> Dude, <you guys. laughs> We're, this shouldn't be a thing. No, it shouldn't. I that is retired now. I promise. I don't believe you at all. All right, so I'm gonna dive into my Kane solid draft. So we'll start with the front. So front, I have Harry Kane, shocker, shocker, and then um, I also uh, then I have Ferguson, who I think for Brighton, he's somebody that could easily, easily hit a run of form where he's scoring goals every week, where he's a vital point of Brighton's attack. But I also have another forward in Nicholas Jackson, who I think is going to be a prime starter for Chelsea. And when they're in the goals, he's going to be heavily involved. So there's a good rotation up top for that for that starting for those forwards. Why are you looking at me? Who's in your midfield, Paul? Um, <laughs> Who's in your midfield? <laughs> so I am a I am a hypocrite. I I, I do not <laughs> I will not lie. No, keep going on Nicholas Jackson because we'll get there. <laughs> We'll I mean, get there. I, I said all I need to say. Nicholas Jackson. So, all right, so we're going to start with my midfield here. So we start with Matoma, which we know how I feel. Matoma over Marsh. And then Saka, Sala, Bruno Fernandes, and then Phil Foden. Because also, he, I don't think he'd start week in, week out for me, but he's a good option. Paul, A2 Brute. <laughs> Pull the knife out of my back, please. It's not even. It's not even like a hypocritical action. Like so, the way I see that is, is that Foden's a good enabler some weeks. Like I think he can be really good sometimes, but to be a consistent starter, I don't see it. And the setup I have, like I can start three strikers up top with Kane, Ferguson, Jackson. Like this team's very adaptable. And then in the back, I have Estupian, Saliba, Cash, Bell, and Basham. And then I also have Leno, and it'll be Matt Turner in goal. So I, like that. I think this team's setup. very adaptable. Like I'll usually just be starting three at the back and maybe um, f- maybe like a three, four, three or three, five, two, depending on the week. Like I think this team offers a lot of practicality. And yeah, Luke look, is looking at me like he wants to kill me for Foden. But like I think Foden week in, week out, especially once Champions League gets going and we kind of see City's actual team that Pep's going to want to play. The question marks will kind of fall off. We'll either know or we won't. Yeah, we will. And that's something that um, actually, no, I don't think so. With City, I don't think we're going to figure out because I think Pep is going to constantly keep keep us on our toes. I think so. He does. But like, I think last year we kind of figured out who he figured out who his best 11 was after Christmas. And I think once we kind of figure that out, like we knew who he wanted to start, like he was going to start Holland, Grealish, most likely Mares, and then Gundo kind of floating around that area with KDB somewhere in there. Like I think he, he likes to keep his cards close to his chest, but like you usually can figure out halfway through the season who he thinks his best 11 is for big matches. I just don't understand why Foden doesn't play on their right. Right. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand with someone as talented as Foden Pep 
seems to get so frustrated with him that he cannot seemingly give him a significant run of game. You would know. you would kind of think that at the end of this year, if Foden isn't like a vital part of this attacking unit, that he's going to start looking elsewhere because I mean he has to. He's one of the best players in the world, and he's not breaking into the starting eleven at the club he plays for, which is absolutely mad. It's insane. He he is such a fun player to watch. So talented. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a really good team pull. I like the setup. I think defensively it looks really good. The midfield very versatile um mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of really good attacking options here um across a lot of across the probably best attacking teams the only thing that you're i don't know james madison is someone that i would that's almost a necessity in a lot of my drafts yeah that's, so that's um, only a thought there i think a lot of my thought process behind that though is that, like i think in a lot of my drafts i'm either gonna go kane or madison like i think either way like you'll kind of see a knock-on effect from either one, which I mean, you could just go both. It's possible. Like, but if I double up on the midfield, it's probably going to be double Arsenal. Or like, if I get, yeah. if I go, if yeah. I'm like betting on an attack, it's probably going to be Arsenal, Liverpool, and Spurs probably will be eventually a team where you want two attacking players, like a midfielder or a forward, or two midfielders, two forwards, whatever you want to say. But to start off the season, I think we kind of want to see how they settle in. Yeah, that I think that's a good way to say it. One one thing based upon this double up in the midfield that you're talking about is I do not understand the idea of wanting to have two Manchester United attackers that are taking up a strong amount of your funds with having Bruno Fernandes and then having Rashford in the same team. Yeah. I personally don't understand the pill of it. I think that by having one of the two, you can cover that attack. Um, and I... As you can tell on this podcast, I even think that Mason Mount is a really good avenue into the Manchester United attack. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's it's an idea, you know, really. It is, yeah. I think there's, I have some serious questions about the man you double up, but Valid. I think Arsenal could be a great team to double up on. Um, there's going to be oh, a yeah. lot of goals, I think, that, you know, they're going to be Arsenal's gonna where be they're going to come to watch from. this year. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, yeah. That, is that going to do All it right. for this draft for you, Paul? Yeah, let's go ahead. You go ahead and dive into your Trent and Holland draft, and then I'll do mine. All right. Got it right here. Okay. Just as a baseline for you all to kind of have something to go off of, the combination of Holland and Trent last season would have gotten you a total of 428 into your team at the end of the season. Um, and this season, having both of them in your squad will cost you a total of 22 pounds which is a big savings over these other premium setups that we're going over. So it definitely makes building a squad a lot easier and enables a lot more optionality in your team. Um, So just putting this out there, Paul, you're going to hate this team. There's a lot of variance with it, but we move, right? AKA question marks. If you want to say it like that, sure. Okay. Um, okay, so we have Turner and Pickford in goal. I actually kind of like Everton's I, dude, I love that rotation. I, I really do. Turner, Turner, Pickford. I Pickford like Pickford's goal. Pickford and Everton's Pickford. run. Pickford. <laughs> Go ahead, Secondly, so let's look at the defense. I have Trent Alexander-Arnold, Chilwell, Astupanon, Trusty from Sheffield, and then Kabore. Kabore. The Eagles. That's a, bit, that's a big move for Trusty. It he's is. Gonna, I think he's, he's going to be, be locked into the starting starter. 11. Maybe he's not gonna, the first week or two, but he's going to be in their starting 11 which, pretty soon. Just so people know, sneakily, he could be a good center back that may score goals for you. Yeah, he's Last a big body. Last year, he um, – go ahead, Luke, keep talking. I'll look at his and he can. Mob. I mean, he can also play left back from what I understand too. I think, you know, it's, it's a possibility. Um, obviously not your traditional left back, but he can do it as well. So in the midfield, we have – James Madison, we have Diogo Jota from Liverpool, Phil Foden, Sully Marsh, and then Bukaya Saka. Um, and then, so I have a 4.5 mil attacker up top with Holland, and then Julian Alvarez as well. And the important mm-hmm. thing to note out of this team is there's 2 million left in the bank. So could easily... It's adaptability. Exactly, right? That's what this goes to show is could upgrade you know we could go jota to rashford and then also upgrade foden or drop foden down and upgrade um 
Go. Marsh, you know, there, there's lots of optionality in this team. So more flexibility, more adaptability, even with Trent's insanely high price and how difficult he could make it at times. So Yeah, just so everybody knows out there, um, Austin Trusty scored four goals last year in the championship, and he also had two assists too. So, I mean, like, he's somebody that's, I mean, it's a different team setup, different setting, everything, but he also does have a little bit of a knack for scoring goals, so maybe as a 4.0 option, you never know. A little, he could produce a little bit, you know? Yeah, he could be a good option for FPL managers out there. Um, and another reason why I went with him, similar to some of the other teams, is his ownership is really low. So it's someone that I'm not too worried about having that price drop. Um, and he could easily be breaking into um, Sheffield United's starting 11 based upon some conversations that we have had with um, some fa fans of Sheffield yeah, United. Yeah, on Reddit, right? Yeah. Conversation too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's my team. Um, I think this is a good setup. I really like the flexibility it offers, um, especially after looking at the previous premium drafts. Yeah, for my um, big thing, Luke, is triple Man City attack is pretty questionable. It is. So with, that's with why if you if you want to sign up for Pep Roulette, all all you dude, you go for it. But with Alvarez in the team, I think Foden would be the one getting that, you know, at least some of the two million um, stimulus injection. So I think that's where that the worked out well for the US economy, doesn't it? So well, let's not break into that. We talked about psychology. Now we're going to economics. Let's, let's just stick to FPL. You know my brain's a chaotic place. All right. Yeah. So, look, I like that team, though. I think that um, that's a viable option. I really think it is. Um, people should consider that. All right. So let's see. I'm going to dive into mine. Okay. So we're going to start up top. I have, obviously, Erling Holland. And then I have Isak and Joe Pedro, which I think Isak is somebody that's probably going to go under the radar a lot. And we saw last year, towards the end of the year, what he can do when he's really involved with Newcastle's attack. This is somebody that can play out wide on the wing. He can play up top. And, yes, there's the questions about him and Callum Wilson. But I think you're probably going to see them integrated together more this year. Right. Yeah. Um, my main question about Isak and the Newcastle asset so their opening fixtures are insanely difficult. They play home, host Villa opening mm -hmm. weekend. They go to Manchester and play City. They host Liverpool again the next week. And then they go to the South Coast and play Brighton in game week four. Yeah. like That is a brutal, brutal run. So it is a brutal run. But I think if we're looking at Newcastle as assets during that run, I think the attackers are not a bad thing to consider. Like, yeah. I think attackers are fine, but, like, Trippier is probably a no-go for, for that run, for sure. Yeah, and his price point is just ridiculous, honestly. Yeah, or Pope. I mean, I, um, I don't think that... Some Something to note, though, that after game week four, their fixtures turn really nice for about five game weeks. So, yeah. they host Brentford, they go to Sheffield United, they host Burnley, they go to West Ham and then they host Crystal Palace, and then they're going to go to Molyneux and play Wolves. So that run of fixtures right there would be a great time to target some Newcastle players, yeah. I think. Yeah, just keep them, keep them on a watch list, you know? Someone to watch out for, Harvey Barnes. I think he could be a great FPL asset this season once we'll we see. have a better idea of what yeah. he could be. They're going to have to solidify their attack because I'm not sure. They have a lot of options. It's kind of it's like all these like top six teams, like, there are assets everywhere that they can play, and it just depends on how these coaches want to set their 11 up, you know. All right, so let's jump to the midfield. Um, this one actually is a little bit different, and I actually really, really, really enjoy this midfield. So it's going to be Bowen, Son, Odegaard, Matoma, and Martinelli. Like, I think that midfield is very strong, and that, that's a midfield I think kind of like we were talking about one of the midfields earlier. I think that baseline's even higher than the one I talked about earlier. And their ability to, like, like that team could have a week where they produce, like, a ton of points. Yeah, for sure. They definitely could. Um, I think I like the way that it's the cash is very evenly distributed amongst the midfield. Mm -hmm. um, and even up top, you have, I mean, all eight of these assets across the midfield and forward line, all of them are viable. Yeah. And week in, week out, you know, you can rotate them in. You know, depending on fixtures, who's in form, I think it's an excellent team to build around. Now, yeah. at the back, maybe a little more questions should be asked. But, yes, um, I agree. 
I do think that it's a really good setup. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so thank you. And at the back, I have Estupian, Trent Alexander Arnold, and then Cash, and then Bell and Basham, which Bell and Basham are just my two default, default 4.0s right now. Austin Trusty may make his way in. We'll see. Um, so for this, I mean, I think we have to consider the option where where do we think Trent is going to play? I think any draft where you're drafting Trent, like if he's not going to be in that row where he's playing a CDM or as a midfielder, I think there's a lot of like a lot of soul searching we need to do because I, especially with last year and the way Liverpool defended and this year, I mean, have they brought in more defenders? Like, like they, there's a little change, but I don't think there's too much change. And yeah, they, they brought more midfielders, which may help a lot. But I think we that's kind of like another thing where we need to sit and watch and wait and see how they play this year. Yeah, Another kind of way to look at this, right, is the opportunity cost of going with Trent, who sucks up so much of your funds for your team. If you go with, say, a Chilwell, a Pedro Poro, a John Stones, all three of those assets almost feel equally as opportunistic yeah. with, you know, almost half the cost of what you're paying for Trent. Yeah. So and then Pedro Poro, he's three million less yeah and then like if difference. you imagine that like i could literally bring in i could take matoma to rashford with that like that makes that midfield absolutely crazy yeah and then you could also while doing that if you simply went from trent to pedro poro you could upgrade matoma to rashford and also upgrade martinelli to Saka. yeah that's i mean that honestly this may be my team right here that creates <laughs> this, a great team right this this could be it guys um so paul as he's saying not going for any pre uh he's going for a one premium setup is what yeah. it sounds like maybe um maybe. we'll see what happens you know there's still time to decide but, yeah, but the clock's um, ticking till friday though yeah Getting closer um paul did you you went over the defense right yes i did yeah perfect and then it's Leno and um, Turner. That's what, I, that's what I was questioning is yeah. the keepers. Yeah. So if you, when you all look at my teams, I have Slamina there, but it's just because I don't want to load up on Arsenal assets and everything. Mm-hmm. But it'll be Matt Turner at the $4 yeah. million price point. Well, I really like that team. I think that's an excellent setup. Um, and I love to see Matt Turner slide into that team. I think he's going to be a very popular asset for a lot of managers. Yeah. But now we are to the final point of this podcast, Paul. What premium setup do you think you'll be going with or inversely are you not going to go with a premium setup i think just based on our conversation this last draft that i was talking about the one with trent and holland i think i really prefer a situation where i have one premium in holland and then i also just kind of work my way to a really balanced midfield with good defenders in the back, which honestly what I would probably do with this team is I would go from Trent Alexander-Arnold to Chilwell or possibly John Stones, and we would bring Martinelli up to Saka and then Matoma to Rashford, which that would give me enough money to do that, I believe. I Um, may have to go Pedro Poro in the back. Well, yeah, you could go Pedro Poro in the back, but you could also drop Son down to Madison. That's which true. would be, you know, that frees up immediately like 4.5, almost 5. Yeah. Um, so that that could be a big enabler for you, honestly. Yeah, that, that may be, honestly, that could work. Like if I could bring in Madison for Son and then also work it to where I get Kane up top with Holland, maybe that's the premium draft there. I don't uh, know if that would be possible. That so I'd, I'd have to go, I'd probably have to leave Matoma. You'd have to drop Matoma probably down to like a four point five. Mm-hmm. You you would have to. You're saying instead of Rashford, yeah, it would yeah. be very difficult to have Kane, Holland, and then Rashford too. That would yeah, that would be yeah. difficult. Um, I'll, I'll play around with it, but this I think this has the makings of probably a team that so I'll most likely go with. As of now, you're thinking that you're going to go with one premium in Holland is what yeah, you're thinking, most likely. But very interesting. Also, there's also that's one A, one B is just Holland and then distributing the funds through there. Very interesting. I, I like the way that's set up for you, honestly. Um, yeah. What are you, what are you thinking, Luke? Personally, I think what I'm going to do is probably go to a draft with Kane and Holland. I think I'm going to go double premium. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity of having Kane and Holland in the same team, the ability to adapt to weekly um, fixture matchups and go captain between the two. Mm-hmm. I think Harry Kane is going to be much more explosive this season. 
I the hope so. opportunities is going to have are going to be much more frequent and possibly even better positions than he's had in the past. Um, so I'm very, very bullish on Harry Kane and very excited for what could happen with him if he stays at Tottenham. Yeah. And that's a big F. So I will be constantly Keep trying to it. see what's happened with him. Um, it's especially funny. They set the deadline for the end of this week. I know. Which could fall after the transfer deadline if, whenever. If I submit my team with Harry Kane in it and then Friday afternoon figure out that Kane is going to Bayern. Pain. Pain. I'll have to take a negative. A little darkness, my old friend. Yeah, I'll have to take a negative hit probably, but at least at that point it frees up a lot of funds. And, you know, yeah. I can, you know, There's make There's functionality av- available after that. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm looking at at the moment. Probably going to go with Hall and Kane. That could change as I kind of tinker around with drafts. But for the time being, I like what that offers a lot for my team. Yeah, I like that for you too. That sounds like a really good option. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's going to mm-hmm. honestly put a close on this. What we'll do is on our Twitter account, we're going to put out drafts of each one of these iterations of premium teams um, so you guys can see it. And that way, if you want to follow along while you're listening to the podcast, feel free to do that. That'll be a great way to consume this. Um, if not, you know, just enjoy the podcast, follow along, and I think we're good. Yeah, we'll probably actually be right back on your feed maybe um Friday morning or maybe Thursday night because we're going to put out a pod where we kind of talk about more just Premier League-centric things where we're going to give you our top, like our list of 1 through 20 where we think teams are going to finish. And then also the probably the three best assets. Like we said we were going to do on this pod, but we're just going to integrate it to another pod where we'll talk about the three best assets from each each level of midfield attackers and defenders and also goalkeepers too. But yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Um, it's been a lot, a lot of fun doing this episode. Mm-hmm. It's yep. we're right in the thick of it right now. We're back, baby. Premier league is back and we're just, we're going to have a good time. We're excited. It's going to be a lot of fun this season. So please continue to follow along with us. We're, we love bringing content to you guys about mm-hmm. FPL and the premier league. So, um, be sure to follow us, subscribe, whatever it may be. Um, and we'll be back with you all soon. So thanks for listening. Yeah, guys, don't never hesitate to reach out. We're here. If you tell us we're wrong, tell us we're right. You just want to talk about stuff. We're constantly here. So just let us know. Yep. Thanks guys. Appreciate you. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good one. Bye.